This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. In today's episode, we pick up the second half of our worship conversation with Cornerstone's very own Don Neiman and Sarah Hunt. when we our gathering's together as the for corporate worship our spiritual transformation workshops i mean they're yeah. spiritual transformation workouts you know we're going to the gym you know to get stronger to go out and live our life in a more healthy way mm-hmm. and so and so they're spiritual you're expecting spiritual transformation but to to lead someone in a spiritual transformation experience you yourself have to be being transformed mm-hmm. and what i'm hearing you saying mm-hmm. is that through the week you are you are seeking that transformation yourself mm. so that the people you lead, you you have a place to go with them, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. 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 So, um, so as we think about that, so we know that the, 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 the uh, worship is Christ-centered, that we're, it's, it's uh, praising God, Jesus at the center. We've talked about our spiritual formation in terms of being driven by the word, that this is always being governed by the word mm-hmm. of God. And you just mentioned that the best place, you know, to, to lead people to transition is scripture itself, mm-hmm. you know, um, or when you're, when you're speaking or summarizing, you know, those transitions, mm-hmm. you're, you're bringing those, those concepts uh, to us. But, but so it's, so it's, um, it's founded in scripture, it's Christ-centered, but it's also to be spirit-filled, Right, our worship is be spirit filled. Jesus said, "Worship in spirit and in truth." Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and part of that transformation, your own thing, is that time you know with the spirit and guiding the spirit. So, talk a little bit about just how. And as Presbyterians, sometimes we can be accused of being the frozen, chosen, and too stuffy. But we really want to let the spirit move, and we we're asking the spirit to help us. So, talk a little bit about the role of the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. the service as as you um, mm-hmm. as you lead. Well, first, I would say that has very little to do with me, or at least in my experience. Um, There are days that I can personally feel, I guess, for lack of a better word, unsuccessful Mm. in my role, right? Like, oh, I wish that I could have done this better, right? Um, And those are often the days that you see, like we get the privilege of seeing the congregation worship. Mm-hmm. And so those are sometimes those are the days that you see um, a beautiful response from the people or you can hear feedback. Um, and those are the best days because that it's like literally, well, great. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with that today. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. That would be my like, most affirmative answer to that question is that is everything that we can do with our craft mm. to lead people the best that we can mm. at the end of the day, those are all human things. Mm-hmm. And the spirit does with them what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the mystery of that is... Um, Again, it, we have the best job. And in and, and, and being able to see uh, the Holy Spirit work in spite of my failure uh. or um, 
um, in a way that I never anticipated. Uh, again, is is we have the great, the best seat in the house, and all of that. But it is a it is an odd thing to um, uh, try to bring everything that you have been given by God to the table, and seeking to honor Him with those those gifts, um, and see the that the that the Spirit is moved in people's lives. In that moment, one week, and those people haven't aren't working the same way. Mm. That 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 there are many things to uh, be very responsible about as a worship leader. One is our own um, uh, sense of fulfillment, and did did I you know did I do my best, or in the in the wake of a of a morning. Sunday morning that upon review on Monday when we do our debrief of Sunday morning, <laughs> um, discover that it didn't land very well um, um, or it didn't land as we had planned or as we'd hoped. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a faith that, that needs to be um, remembered and uh, um, at least on my part that says that God is still at work and God, is, that God mm-hmm. is doing something. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so... Um, it is a, it is an interesting thing, um, where where as a worship leader you find yourself on Monday morning versus where you find yourself on Sunday versus where you find yourself Friday anticipating Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a bit of a roller coaster sometimes. Yeah, and and that's what I've signed up for. So I I I I, I believe God is uh, well. I've I've done what I can um, to lift His name. Um, but ultimately, that's the Holy Spirit's office, right. and it's and it's a mystery as to how He gets that done. Yeah, yeah. But I think that is part of the role of faith. And I know, as one who preaches now and then or teaches a class, um, is is there's a role, there's an element of faith, and we've talked a lot about in spiritual formation, faith and how faith shows itself in obedience, faithfulness. Mm-hmm. The ultimate expression of that being Jesus, who his um, his righteousness and faithfulness wasn't just in the fact that he never told a lie, mm. that he's the spotless lamb, but it's ultimately that his willingness to entrust his his life to the Father, that he could go to the cross and go to the grave and be raised again, you know, that that obedience to that call, uh, you know, showed his faithfulness. Mm. And, in, and for mm. our response is it's rooted in faith. There's something we just don't see, as Hebrews tells us. But there is that rooting of faith in all this. And so I, it makes me think of, as it comes to the Spirit, Galatians uh, 4, 6, and because your sons of God, your sons, God sent out the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so there's that confidence so that we, we, we do come, even though we don't necessarily always see the response we want, we, we should always have the confidence that the Spirit's mm-hmm. going to be at work, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, and we have no control over the will or so forth, but we come as leaders with confidence mm-hmm. because the scriptures tell us the Spirit's present. Well, yes. we come right? as congregants with confidence, right? Exactly. Like the whatever con- whatever yes. you had to deal with, maybe in the car with your kids on the way here, <laughs> yeah, right? Like yeah. you can you can step into the room right. in faith knowing right. that he will do yeah. a work. Yeah. And then so we come with confidence. We also come with freedom, mm-hmm. that the Spirit gives us freedom. The freedom to set those things aside, right? Freedom to get rid of those encumbrances. You know, and sometimes when I um, 
it will maybe do the call to worship or the opening prayer or things like that. I'll, I try sometimes to say, okay, to even verbalize that sometimes. Whatever you've brought in here today, we can set aside for a moment, you know, or we can even bring it to the right, Lord, lay right? It the lay it at the yeah. altar and, and, and do that because there's the, that sense of, of liberty that comes with that confidence that mm-hmm. we, gosh, we are free to approach the throne of grace with, mm-hmm. with get that confidence, right? And, and which is freeing. And then the other thing I think with that too is re- relates to being spirit filled. There's confidence, there's freedom, but there should also be unity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I bring that up because I know at times, you know, while you have the best job in the world, as you say, some, you <laughs> also have, you have the most visible job that sometimes you, you often, people can be the most critical of, you know, cause they like, you know, they have, people have ve- a lot of, very specific preferences sure. when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But but with the Spirit, we want unity. Mm-hmm. And so how does does that impact you in terms of, because you're, you're trying to lead us as one body, mm-hmm. right, into this. And then we know that our confidence is the Spirit's doing, that it's the Spirit who's bringing unity, but yet we also need to disciple and exhibit that. If we're leading and we're instructing then we want, and and that's part of that goal of 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 our of our transformation is that we become one body. If we are living stones of a of the temple, mm-hmm. you know that that I should my rough edges and Thad's rough edges and Sarah's, we should be smoothing each other out, and so mm-hmm. we're settling in together, you know, to a more smooth um, <laughs> uh, form, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's 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 not always easy you know, as a pastor, you know that that. Um, it's a struggle at times having to deal with conflict and, mm-hmm. and so forth. But, but if we're coming to the workshop, if we're coming to the the room where that's happening, what do what do we do, you know, to help to help with that from a leading standpoint? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question, and I think this this um, connects very directly to discipleship and, yeah. and formation, and and. Um, how worship can help with that, I think. Well, it's 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 something that we keep working on. And <laughs> the um, the goal, of course, is to in being unified, is finding that common ground. And that common ground for us is Jesus Christ. Yes, Amen. And so, I it, it's it becomes difficult for me to sometimes talk about this because I really love authentic expression. Mm. And so you and I were talking over lunch today about cultural uh, expressions and stuff right. like that. Right. And I, the, the the truth in there, – there's an old saying that a, a great a country song basically has two chords and the truth. Um, <laughs> and um, the, the, the truth in, in coming to the Lord in spirit and in truth is that uh, Jesus is our Savior, and by His grace in our lives, uh, we have everything that we need or um, could could possibly want. Right, and we come together to give Him thanks and to tell Him that we love Him and to tell Him that we're sorry, and to tell Him again that because You have all things in mind, we will try our best. Certainly. But by no power of our own, but by the strength of the Holy Spirit, to remain faithful and obedient to what you call us to. I think one of the ways in my mind that I think about we promote you or instruct in unity mm-hmm. is we ask 
people to do things together. We right, say, that was it. We, right. say we, we say common confessions together. Right. We we have a participatory often call to worship where we're led by the then we together respond um, saying the scripture together. We so uh, that is communicating. The fact that we're calling each other to do things together is communicating something in yeah. and of itself, isn't it? Well, indeed, it is, and and certainly we can we can hold those things, use those things to hold us in common. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the scary things about worship for me, in terms of, um, is, and we talked about this, and you don't have to hear this podcast to have heard this before but music is it can be very divisive yeah and um what people's preferences are are kind of like their banner uh and it's not necessarily jesus christ first or it's jesus christ and this style of music and um that's that's very heartbreaking to me right um and it is um Something that I think about a lot and pray about a lot, but and I half jokingly say I look forward to a time where we don't sing, but just read the psalms <laughs> or something like that. Um, but indeed, we're commanded right. to sing. Right. And, so and to say we will be singing. We will be singing. <laughs> um, uh, but if we think about any relationship. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll use Sarah yeah. and her husband Kyle in his example here. I'll let her speak to this in an illustrative way, okay? okay? I mean, any relationship, you have different preferences. And, and one of the ways you're unified is you go along with your husband's preferences at times. And so he's a golfer, right? And you took a, you took a trip out west, and he wanted to play Pebble Beach. He got to. Yes. And you went with him and enjoyed it with him, even though golf may not just, be your thing. I just walked behind him and his caddy. Yes. Yes. But, but, wow. but, you, but that's an expression of unity, right? That's his preference. Yes. That's what he enjoys. But because you love him and are in covenant with him, right. you went and enjoyed that with him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and it, can't we do the same kind of things in worship? Maybe I don't like the folksy, you know, um, unplugged song that Don plays so very well, and we do that. But I enjoy it. I can still enjoy it with him, even though I may prefer the upbeat rock song, right? right? right. That if, we, if we learn to do that together, that's an expression of unity, right? Well, we have to remember that we don't have everything we need within ourselves yeah right Mm -hmm. or within our expression of worship we don't have if i like christian radio and that's my like frame for what i think worship should be you're missing (laughs) out on a lot like whether it's your preference or not like you don't have the whole picture of christ and his church if you just have this narrow focus, uh-huh. and we don't have what we need just in and of ourselves. And so we have to come together, and we have to do things that we don't like. Yeah. See, I, I agree with all that, and, and you speak to it very eloquently. I, I, <laughs> I have different, different voices in my head that, um, you know, we've, we talk about this. But you, you nailed it. It is a learned response and um, and I think again to discipleship and formation 
we need to redefine what uh, our expression is from the standpoint of is it um, I think it's oversimplified when we say well I speak English so I will speak English <laughs> to God um, or I sing hymns so I will sing hymns to God or I sing rock and roll so I will sing rock and roll to God um, I, I think that response is putting my response in a very conditional way. Right. God, I'm only going to respond to you because this is the way I want to respond to you. Mm-hmm. And if if we can learn that our response should not be conditioned, yeah. it's actually sinful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we may learn to have unity to your original right. question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be spirit-filled, the, the God gives gives gifts to the whole body and we need to, you know, if, if we think we can just be a right-handed body and, and not learn to use our left hand or to whatever, you know, then we're not really growing in, in being, allowing ourselves that spiritual transformation that God wants us to. So, Thad, do you have a, a question or comment for? I am not jumping into this. <laughs> this, is, this is deep water, but um, maybe uh, along these same lines, though, what do you do? Um, not everybody gets to get up front and sing. I know I am not allowed to have a microphone if, if there's music involved because um, I can't sing well. But listen, why can't I? Because I'm worshiping God. I'm speaking the truth. Um, what difference does it make if I can sing or not? Uh, do you feel called to sing? Well, on let's say let's just say let's just say I do. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> this is this is. A, a wonderfully simple question with a very difficult answer in in the church today. I think that um, on one hand, what what is the purpose of, of singing on microphone? Well, the purpose of singing on microphone is to aid our congregation in their ability to sing on, uh, to God. Um, can that happen with somebody singing out of tune or out of rhythm? Um, well, yes, because the Holy Spirit can use all of it. Is it effective week after week? It may not be. Um, and so are there ways in which God equips us and calls us specifically? Yes. Is this the way in which he's called and equipped you? Well, the evidence would suggest perhaps not. Does that mean you can't sing and be part of worship leadership? Well, there are opportunities to do that, frankly, uh, in the choir and in a, in a place where you contribute to the whole and not necessarily dependent on your soul voice alone. Um, that is equally import- as important, but it's not quite as attractive to some. It's a, it's a, I always think it's really interesting how we think so differently of music and musicians than we do preachers and teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I usually, my response to that question, especially when it's just a challenge and not necessarily like <laughs> a personal situation, right? right. Um, what would you say to somebody who wanted to preach from the pulpit that did not convey well and the scriptures and uh, communicate in a way that um, drew the congregation into the word of God. Um, We have 
it's very easy for us to set those standards and to hold that um, accountability at that level. And so I usually just, and people are like ready to respond in that way, right? Like, well, our preacher should be this, this, and yeah, this. Yeah, I had to take like four written exams and stand right. before a committee for three right. hours and then right. before the presbytery. They could ask me anything they wanted. Yeah. That wasn't fun. Mm. And um, right before you get hired, you usually yeah, go yeah, in and right. preach for, at, for the congregation. Yeah, the right. congregation like gets to respond yeah. to, um, we don't, we don't like to, we don't like to treat musicians in a sense that, um, these are skills and a craft that you should um, be prepared to use in that setting. And I, that's tricky, but that's kind of just where my mind goes is, well, how would you handle that in this situation? Yeah, that's great. I appreciate that answer. Yeah, so would uh, in respect to the spiritual gifts that, that we have within the body of believers, some are teachers, some are preachers, um, how do you distinguish um, a talent? I mean, there's there's lots of you know just musicians out there and great singers that don't have the spirit of Christ in their lives. So, but um, so the Lord is pretty faithful, uh, from my perspective, to bring talents along into mm-hmm. the church, right? And mm-hmm. so we we can appreciate that, and I think that can be part of the answer that you've already answered quite um, quite well, in my opinion. And I, I'm, I'm still mad that I can't sing with you guys, but anyway. You um, can. Join the choir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want me there. I'll bring the whole place down. But they might need a, they might need a guitarist. No, I'm done there. with that program, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you're, you're, wait, just to say, you, you have declared that you have like 10, 12 years experience and, and that you have offered that gift to... T- church in the past and so yeah, if you're that's called, what I, that's if what I heard I, that's what we heard so just so you know that you are now on the list there, it's out there in the internet now well so. you have no idea how bad I could throw my audition <laughs> I'll detune it um, that's enough of that uh, but you know in regard to also uh, this is completely relevant as we as we're talking uh, about worship and the spirit of worship uh, and how we edify and glorify God in what we do, we need the Spirit within us, right? And you were mentioning, mm-hmm. Sarah, earlier about how sometimes you're just not feeling it and stuff, but yet you aren't able to contain the Spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, right. it, it goes forth, and I've I've had that same experience, and we all have, um, even in teaching, where it's like, mm-hmm. I just had the worst experience in my life and people are going that was great yeah really <laughs> so i got to do worse more often no it's it's, it's a it's a weird uh thing sometimes and i think it's very um humbling as well so we have to come Absolutely. at all of these positions of of teaching or, or leading worship uh, um, and being on stage in front of people with a spirit of humility because mm-hmm. it's got to be christ first right mm-hmm. and so you, you have to recognize that also in the in the people that are are participating in, in front yeah Absolutely. Um, I want to transition a little bit from the corporate element to the personal element and and talk a little bit about um, guidance that we can help people with in terms of uh, that individual time. And, and, and people have freedom to do whatever they want, and there's all kinds of, you know, everything from music to prayers to things. But I, I grew up a little bit of a tradition, or at least we transitioned when I was probably you know late elementary school into 
kind of what we might call a lower church. It was much more a value of extemporaneous things. There wasn't necessarily a high liturgy, a lot of written prayers or things like that. Not that things weren't thoughtful, but, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I've found over the years a little bit that some of those written things or, you know, like even like the Book of Common Prayer or um, getting out a hymnal to help me in my worship, in personal worship and devotion time and so forth. And so um, for people who, you know, you spend a lot of time working for corporate corporate worship, you do talk about that personal time that you have your own personal transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be good to, what are some things for people that may not be aware of, but in terms of, you know, instead of just, there's nothing wrong with turning on the Christian radio station, you know, but there is there is a diversity, there's a rich history of church tradition and, and things that are out there. And so just do you use any of those in your personal devotional time or even things that you've used to help prepare us, but people could use in their individual time, resources, um, places to go, things like that that would be, maybe bring their quiet time or devotional time, you know, some more richness or fullness. And so... Just speak a little bit to that, if you could. Well, I lately am enjoying uh, being led in prayer. Um, with uh, I, I, I don't even remember what it's called, but I, I have this little icon button on my phone that that takes me to a prayer time with Jesus, and 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 I um, I enjoy being led by that. I um, use music to help focus me. Uh, and to remind me of God's promises, uh, and that prompts me to find again those promises in Scripture. And right now in my life, I it's a very interesting time for me because, as, as some of you know, I have recently moved here. My family's back together, and we have a home in Howell, and I am so thankful to, to uh, have life again with living with my family all under one roof uh at least until the kids leave for college <laughs> um uh, but the um it's um a wonderful time my private time mm-hmm. um of thanksgiving mm-hmm. um for me it's also a time that um reminds me that um you know i apart from god i can i can do nothing and when i try to work in my own strengths um, oftentimes that's what leads me to be sinful and um, to seek uh, God and be reminded of um, His forgiveness, assurance. But all those th- things become very accessible uh, with God's Word and prayer and uh, being reminded in, uh, with music. It's interesting in, in, in preparing to be with you uh, all uh, I went back and, and read through the, the Westminster worship session section and the Presbyterian mm-hmm. Book of Order worship section. And there's very little difference between how things are prescribed for private time and things are prescribed for corporate right. time. Right. Um, and so about the only thing is we put a, a um, well, I don't know what it's called, but there's a, uh, there is guidance called for in how we experience the sacraments mm-hmm. um, and, and, and how God bears witness but bears witness in the, in the presence of, of the body of Christ. Right. But there are other sacramental things um, in, um, 
in hearing the story of a of a friend or a loved one who uh, bears witness to God's saving act in their life, um, from something small to something mm-hmm. large. Mm-hmm. And there are other sacramental type right. things, my marriage, um, where God bears witness and such. And so oftentimes I find that my the prescription, if you will, for my private time is, is very similar to, and so I will sing, right. I will pray, I will experience God in sacramental ways, and um, and God uh, draws me near, and I am thankful. Sarah? Um, maybe some practical resources. Mm-hmm. Um, words are really important to me, mm-hmm. and um, a connection to... The historic church, I have found to be really helpful, and um, and my personal devotion time, I think, can easily um, get wrapped up with myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like my words are not worthy, and um, are just centrally focused on myself, and so to have other words um, is just has been the biggest blessing for me. So you mentioned the book of common prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a lot, a book called every moment. Holy mm-hmm. um, comes out of the rabbit room press and they're about to release their third volume, which are prayers for workers, like in your vocational life. Um, the first one it's just kind of every moment things, every moment holy. And the second book um, deals a lot with um, death, um, illness, and just kind of those things of life. But um, to have those, to have words prescribed for me um, has been really helpful. Um, I also find similar um, gift in like poetry, in reading Christian poets, um, just it just helps to train my mind so that when I go next time I go to pray, like I kind of have that soundtrack running in my mind, and I can go to those things. I don't know if sometimes if I watch a show that's not the best thing. I just said that on a podcast, so now it's there for all the world <laughs> oh, to ne- hear. I've never done that, but like you, but they, <laughs> but like I'll turn it off, right? Yeah, and that's the soundtrack that's running right. in my head. And so to give myself this influx of right. words that are worthy, right. that have been worthy through all of church history, um, and then music wise. I think it's really important this I'm going to be a little snarky here but it's really important to remember that everything we encounter does something to us. Right. Nothing is neutral. Even Christian music is not neutral. It has a goal. It has an end. Um and so when I'm looking for music um Matt Chandler said once um do the things that stir your affections for Christ. Yeah. And and um, so that doesn't have to just be Christian or right, like in theme necessarily. Right. Um, but I like to try and find artists that are just writing songs for the church, not for the radio. Mm-hmm. You don't have to agree with me on that, but I find there to be such a 
breadth of experience of the Christian life represented in that genre of music. Um, Particularly, I would point people to Porter's Gate. Um, They just have very many albums that are singing songs to the Lord that come from like, if you need a song for lament, they have one. If you need a song for the fact that today was a really hard day at work, they have one. Mm-hmm. Um, so just good resources that mm-hmm. you, if you have, if you're coming to the Lord in a place, how do I acknowledge right. that place before the Lord and how do I move out of it? Yeah. Um, so true. So yeah. Those would be my top okay, resources. And I like how just a commonality between what you're, I think both are saying a little bit is that that just as in the corporate worship, it's, it's that almost like the reset for the week that yeah. we need that during the day. We need those resets. We yes. need that time. And how do we do that? Well, it doesn't really. If 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 Sunday is like practice for the rest mm-hmm. of the week, then then what we do in our personal time should should look pretty similar, right? Yeah. We should be in the Word of God. We should be praying. We should be singing, and, and the, the prayers and the songs should be in accordance with Scripture. Mm-hmm. Could be well thought out in terms of those things. And so, you know it. I encourage people to get in the Word of God, but if one thing that helps you to do that is getting our daily bread mm-hmm. and having that little article written for you to get you into the Scripture, mm-hmm. you know, don't just I encourage you don't just read that one verse and get out of there. Right. You know, read what's around it. You know, but let that happen. Maybe it's Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest is one. You know, there's a lot of those things you, you mentioned, the prayer books and, and so forth. So utilize those. But I I, I do want to, you know, the pastor in me says whatever you choose. Do some research. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it is written, uh, filled with the Word of God, and make sure that it, it comes from a, a good theological perspective, that they're not distorting the Word of God and, and that their doctrine is not bad. And you can do some simple research that. And, and if you're in our congregation you ever just want to send me an email and ask me if it's okay, I can generally, within 10 minutes, research the publisher and the author and let you know if it's okay or not. Um, but, but that's important to do um, because the best resource is always God's Word, but, but there's something about studying that in community because none of us are, you know, I'm not I'm I'm more trained than others, but I'm by no means the expert, you know. Um, and, and so those Christian authors and theologians that produce these things, it's kind of like studying community as well. And so it's mm-hmm. good to have that mm-hmm. uh, available to us. Those those well thought out words, as mm-hmm. you said, that lead us in that. And and I trust that you know the good hymn writers and the good songwriters have done that very same thing, right? right? And so when I'm singing a song that is um, that is rich in that. It is, it, you know, it's chock full with scripture and scriptural themes and doctrine, and it's it's healing to my soul because God's word is coming into mm-hmm. me in my mind and in my emotions and in in that sort of sacramental way that that music does have that lived out experiential element to it mm-hmm. that is part of that transformation. Because one of the things that's been going through my mind this whole time that maybe we'll wrap up with this idea is the the whole notion of of worshiping God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, Mm. that there's a wholeness to this, Mm -hmm. right? And there's something about entering into the service, but even into our individual sense in which we don't just engage God with our mind. We don't just engage him with our heart. We don't just engage him with our strength, the physical things we do. Mm -hmm. But if... But we do all those, and if sometimes we think worship is not the physical things I do, we're getting it wrong. And and since that soul is that all-encompassing wholeness, you know, richness of our whole person that that brings us into that. And so, um, 
either on individual or corporate level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to, if, if so any of us, Thad, you know, Sarah, Don, want to speak to that. I just want, I'll quickly say that, you know, at t- there were times in my life when I would visit more charismatic churches or I'd be in churches and people waving their arms or dancing or things like that. And it'd make me very, very uncomfortable because yeah. that's not how I am. But, but then recognizing, oh, we are to worship God with our whole self and, and that, these expressions. And there's, and so I find myself at times giving that a try and like, oh, that can help me when I, when I actually use my body in some way. It can help me, you know, express something or direct something in some way. So, um, you know, I, I, I've had, People in our congregation who've been at times come up to me and like, you know, you know, I don't. People are jiggling around up there and it's distracting to me and it's it's not reverent and it's this or you know that. But all to say, how when you think of that, either personally or corporately, that that well roundedness of that, what can we do to help lead people into that worshiping God with um, mind, heart, soul, strength? I think you said it, you said it really well. I think it's a really great point. I think that we are as Christ was. He was incarnated. We are physical beings and all that is wrapped up in that. All the messiness mm-hmm. of that and um it's good to just remember the value of the physicality of the human um, and the diversity of the expression of worship. Right. Yeah. Don, there have been times like, especially I'm thinking of Lent and season, you've asked us to sit down mm-hmm. to sing a song mm-hmm. versus standing up. Yeah. Um, speak about that. What? Why do you, why do, you do that? Well, the, I, we, we don't have a custom here really in our worship. Um, I... I, I I think largely in the Protestant Church of kneeling, mm. and and so my thought was um, sitting was a was uh, with with the notion of being under something or someone in this case Jesus mm-hmm. um, uh, puts us in a in a in a more humbling sort of posture that as we we come to him um, in confession. Um, it, it should have a penitential tone, but also a physicality of uh, of, of submission. Mm. And so, um, being seated can be a, a comfortable, leisurely thing, but I think it is a a, a lowly thing in this context, particularly for those that are. Thoughtful about it. And if our pews were further apart, we might even be able to kneel. Might even be able to kneel. Yeah. But I think I think the um, the physicality of uh, when you when you talk about the all the elements that are brought to bear our, our strength, our minds, our hearts, our, it, it, it really goes m- well beyond singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think worship is oftentimes um, understood up until that. Point and 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 not necessarily uh, thought through as an extension of Sunday morning into our everyday lives and and finding those every moment holy and uh, as, as Sarah quoted the book which was a gift from Sarah to me which I love to use in my devotion time as well but the uh, in seeing those moments as holy is seeing those moments as um, 
times to connect with God and and to submit to Him and to give ourselves to Him in those moments in a way that uh, reflects um, worship uh, beyond singing is 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 an important connection for all of us to make. Yeah, yeah. You have any thoughts for us there, Thad? Several. <laughs> <laughs> Now pay attention while I'm speaking. This is very important. <laughs> no, um, a couple of things. I I had a thought that I hadn't hadn't had before as you were speaking, Don, and it was that as we are in worship, and if we if we are one of those people um, that perhaps uh, is critical about how other people are going about things, uh, I think we should be asking ourselves the question. By the way, I'm 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 saying I'm guilty at times. I think we all can be, right? Sure. Yeah. But yeah. is the idea is is the expression or is what's happening something that is a moral issue? Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to um, an expression of uh, of your worship, um, not everybody raises their hands. I am primarily one that doesn't raise a hand. I feel when I do it, I feel forced to do it. I do it once in a while if I'm moved, but that's mm-hmm. you know if I'm in my own room, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I don't do that in front of people. I just uh, I feel uncomfortable. So uh, um, some people will just be quiet in their spirit, and they'll, 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 a tear will roll down their cheek, you know. And it's like what you know. Everybody's being affected a little bit differently. So mm-hmm. for me. Uh, I, I so love looking around during worship when people are expressing themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I am moved by it because I see, oh, yeah, we are all praising the same triune God right now. And there's so much truth that in these words that we're singing. And so that's really helpful uh, to me. But, you know, when it goes back to the Westminster Confession and, and the catechism that was spoken of in the very beginning of the show, uh, the very first question is what is the chief end of man Mm -hmm. and the chief end of man is to glorify god and to enjoy him forever that's that is our chief end and how is that expressed and i in my um looking at this verse or this or this question uh, yesterday you said sometimes you have to read a little bit further you know this wasn't actually even part of the um the catechism's Um, notes or comments, but it was uh, somebody else that said this, and I want to read this. It says that, as God's people enjoy the presence of the Lord, the worshiping church naturally becomes the church on mission. Okay, that's that's what we are, on mission. What is our mission? So following evangelism, discipleship, and church planning, new believers become devoted worshipers. It says, worship then, is the beginning and end of the mission. So that doesn't necessarily mean just um, worship and singing or music, right. but all of worship, that is what we are called to do. That is our chief end. Right. And uh, so with that, I'm just, again, reminding myself to be totally cognizant of what we are intending to do from the call to worship, uh, you know, through the music, uh, to all the prayers in between. Uh, we haven't even talked so much about the Lord's Supper uh, in this, yeah, we did last it, podcast. But we did last podcast. But those are a but all the way of, to the benediction, which in, in, is the sending out with the good word of God, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That when we're participating in that for the hour and a half that we're in in, in church, those are very important times, you know, and they should be so meaningful. And so sometimes we have to be purposeful in doing that because I might not be in a good mood. 
Right. You know, but I can still participate in worship and I can still worship fully even despite my mood, right? Because it's the spirit that's that's taking care of the worship. He's coming in to intercede for me on my behalf with expressions that are too deep yeah. for, for me to express. Right. And so I think of all those all those things that when we come to worship, the number one thing to do is kind of take ourselves out of the equation. It's not about me. This is about our time to to lift our yeah. Lord up on high. It is, and, and as we do that, God is gracious to form the new man in us, that, that, that born-again new creation that we're looking forward to um, in fullness. We, we do that. So as we surrender those, all those things, which usually are tied to the flesh and our sin nature and the old man, um, and we are led to the cross and to Christ and the newness of life and the gift of the Spirit, God graciously forms us more and more into the likeness of his Son. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so this has been great. I really have enjoyed having Don and Sarah here with us. We need to keep having more guests, and we need to have you back sometime, too. So um, any, if you have more thoughts on this, if you want to do a second session and you have somebody, let me know. I'd be happy to do this again. It's been, it's been wonderful. And uh, I just want to tell a little bit on Thad before we go. He may not be a hand raiser, but I would say in about 75% of the classes that he teaches, when he gets – the spirit just starts to move him because of the word of God and the gospel, and he usually gets—he probably gets choked up, or um, tears start rolling down his face about seventy-five percent of the time that he he teaches from God's word. And so, um, so emotions are there. He may not be comfortable raising his hand, but God usually somehow strikes him in the midst of his teaching, and, and he well, starts to show that emotion. Yeah, you do know that I control the edit on all of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, well. No, well, that's the that's the truth of God's word. So yeah. we all are all affected by different ways, but it it is, it is the truth, yeah. you know. It is right? Overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't stop it, and so, but you know, it, it can be a hallmark commercial too sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but that's a different that's yeah. a different type. But yeah, yeah that's right. that's those are things that you just don't plan for. Right. I mean, you're you're just reading. I read it twelve times when I was getting ready for this for my class, and now I'm going to read it <laughs> and. The truth right. becomes even more evident, right. Right. and and that's yeah. that's what we're yeah. that's what we're trying to do is to get to know God more, and that only comes through the hearing of His Word, right? And you know, and just to kind of wrap up here, I think one of the things with that is why we don't rely on those things mm. for faith. God is gracious to give them as evidence for us, mm. and so as we look for the substance of that faith, the evidence of it. You know, when we are moved to tears by a song in worship or a prayer, or we're drawn to come to the front afterwards and, and receive prayer, or on communion Sundays we have prayer time, and you know, as we do that, we 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 don't do it with any kind of religious expectation that we're meriting something before God, but we're doing it in that response. And as we do, God uses those moments, and and a lot of times they become even. Um, Mileposts or markers for us that we remember, you know, kind of those those Ebenezer stones of of the Old Testament that we set up and say, not because they're effective in themselves, but they're markers and reminders for us. Just like the the Lord's Supper is when we partake of it, it's that it's a reminder, but it's also an affirmation of the real presence of God in our life, and we hope that happens. Every Sunday, mm-hmm. when we come together, call upon his name, lift up and exalt Christ, invite the Spirit into our lives, and give our 
very bodies as living sacrifices uh, uh, to worship him. So, Don, Sarah, thanks again for joining us. And uh, everybody have a good day. Hope you enjoyed it. Join us next time as Pastor Matt leads our discussion about spiritual formation as it pertains to our prayer life. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.